Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 86, where we're discussing This Place is Death, from season 5 of Lost. I've been here before. You've been... been here before? I grew up here, on the island. And there was this thing, this Dharma initiative. And then I moved away with my mum. Just my mum, and I never saw my dad again. And then when I got back to England, I would ask my mum, about this place, yeah? But she would say that it wasn't real and that I'd made it up. (laughs) That's why I became an anthropologist. To find this island again. That's what I've been searching for my whole life. Charlotte. (coughs) Why are you telling me this? I remember something now. When I was little, living here, there was this man, crazy man, and he really scared me. And he told me that I had to leave the island and never ever come back. He told me that if I came back, I would die. Charlotte. I don't understand. Daniel, I think that man was you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing This Place is Death uh, from season five of Lost. And first off, um, I want to get two things from you. First, what you thought of this episode. Okay. Well, okay. I actually liked the episode. Okay. And I, I got reasons for that. Um, but as we track through it, I'll, I'll kind of explain that. But um, you and I kind of had a little bit of conversation. You said, you know, you really didn't care much for this one, but you liked mm-hmm. this the one after this. And I haven't watched the one after this, but I, I, I did like this episode. And and I was kind of, uh, I didn't know, you know, I just, you know, before you and I have kind of been on fairly similar grounds. And I think we could probably have some similar ground on this one too, but there's right. reasons why I actually did like this one. And there's some, some things that I, that I didn't. Um, and actually some things that actually brought a lot of questions to my mind, um, yeah, which right. may, may mean, mean that I didn't like it if I can't get an explanation. You get what I'm saying? Right. So. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got some great comments from the forum about uh, so a lot of issues this episode kind of stirred up, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about those. Um, my second question is, you know, at the end of season, I guess mostly even at the be- beginning of season four even, I'm trying to think here, but basically last season there was kind of a little bit of feeling of like depression about the show. Yeah. Like the characters were really dark. Um, I wanted to see what you're thinking of this season so far. 
you know, this actually has um, helped me. This season has helped me uh-huh. with that um, because some of the characters uh, are starting to come back to that positive or at least yeah. starting to look like they're going to come back to that area. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, the you know, I like the feel-good characters and, you know, everybody has a happy right. ending type shows. And, and I know it's predictable and it's everybody hates that, but... For me, it just yeah. it helps me, you know, rest easier to know these people are doing because you're so invested in these people, you hate to think that yeah. they're doing so bad, and you start to see that there is a possibility that they could all be happy, um, but right. also it's it's there's a very real possibility that it could be miserable still and worse, you right. know. So yeah. there's just a hope there that wasn't there early in season three, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think what's or I'm so sorry. Great about I'm, I'm, so I'm at season is, four. I said season three. I'm at season four. There was kind of a yeah, 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 season four. I like what I like about this season so far is just that, you know, we saw kind of the depths of like Jack was in and Hurley. Everybody was just like at their worst pretty much, mm-hmm. and like now it's we're kind of starting to see that uh, change a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And it's like there's there's a little bit of hope for the characters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, well, the first section I've got to talk about here is um, back in L.A. Uh, we start where we left off in the last episode where Sun kind of gets out of the car and she's got the gun and she's watching what's going on, you know, with Jack, Ben, Saeed, and Kate. Mm-hmm. And she gets a call from her mother. I believe it was her mother. I'm not real sure. And she says, you know, she's going to finish what she's there to do and then she'll be coming back tomorrow. And uh, so, of course, you know, if there if she probably doesn't know anything about this plan to go back to the island, but it doesn't sound like she's she's going to be too interested in in being involved with that. And uh, she gets out of the car with the gun and heads towards all of them, you know, and she's aiming the gun at Ben. And she says, if I if it wasn't for you, Jen would still be alive. He says, I didn't kill your husband and neither did anyone else. Jen is still alive and I can prove it. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, and I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying that was a very. I mean, it was obviously. I at that point, you know, I thought she could have been going after Ben or Jack or both, you know. But she mm-hmm. very much, you know, let Jack kind of just kind of skate around to be there with Kate, and was all about you know taking Ben out, you know, and yeah. uh, so which was kind of left me a little bit confused in a sense that her conversation with Widmore. As she, you know, Ben was one of the the two people that she blamed for his death. Right. You know, um, but mm-hmm. but it was interesting, you know, to 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 see Ben, you know, have this whole uh, plan already in place, you know, and right. that he had some type of indication or some type of communication with somebody or you know some somehow that Jen was alive, you know, mm-hmm. um, right? And it, yeah, he definitely knew that somehow. Oh yeah, yeah, and I don't know how he would know that. Well, we we find out, but. But, um, it, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, later on. Yeah. We episode, find out in this right. episode, okay. which again, to me, even with the explanation is very much, um, a Ben like plan because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's using information that, that could be taken two different ways and just to use to his advantage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and that's why the whole time I just still don't know what to think about Ben and, and if he if he's really got these people's interest, you know, in in his, their best interest and his interest, you know, I, I just don't understand. I don't know yeah. that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it just goes back and forth for me as oh, well. Yeah. And I mean, 
knowing exactly what his motives are and what he would have to gain from helping them. Right. Now, what I really do like about this episode straight off the top is that, um, you know, we just found out in the last episode that Jim was still alive and they could have easily milked that for all it was worth uh-huh. and not have son find out until the finale of season five or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But instead the very next episode, you know, she's at least told that there's a possibility he's still alive. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I liked them kind of moving things right along and not trying to, you know, hold on to those mysteries and reveals as long as they could. Yeah. So on the way back, oh, on the way to, Jack and or Jack and son are both going with Ben to talk, you know, to find out about this, uh, how Jen is still alive and talk to this person and all this stuff. And, um, they're talking and Jack apologizes for leaving, you know, Jen behind Mm -hmm. and son asks if he was, you know, going to ask her not to kill Ben if he's lying about Jen. And Jack says, after what he did to Kate, if she doesn't, he will. And Ben kind of has all he can take and pulls the car over and tells them that he's helping them. And if they had any idea what he's done to keep they and their friends safe, they'd never stop thanking him. So again, it's just back and forth. Yeah. And Ben seems to feel completely justified. Oh, yeah. Like he's legitimately trying to help and they still won't cut him any slack. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely get that. And I'm like, and, and this, this is one of those cases where you're going, oh, man. He must be telling the truth. He must, you know, you know, it's like you start kind of feeling bad for him. Like, oh, these people are kind of being jerks, you know, you know, but yeah. at the same time is <laughs> with Ben talking about killing him. Yeah. I mean, with Ben, you never know. I mean, you never know if this is just yeah. another manipulation thing to say, well, if this doesn't go through, they're going to try to kill me. So I need to convince them right now that, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, you just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> right. So the next section is on the island in 1988. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jen is up and moving around with Danielle's crew. And again, we hear the numbers on the walkie-talkie. And uh, one of the guys in her crew is talking about the signal uh, from the transmission being really strong. And he wants to find out the source. He believes it's on the island. And Jen tells them that there is a radio tower there on the island. And he he agrees to go with them to find the radio tower. And then they'll go to his camp afterwards. And Jen says he's hoping to find Sun there, like as if, you know, she didn't leave the island. Maybe she's still there and he wants to find her. Um, As they're making their way through the jungle, one of their crew, uh, her name was Nadine, Mm -hmm. uh, she disappears. And they all hear the sound that Jen knows all too well, you know, to be the smoke monster. And it kind of tosses Nadine to the ground and then goes after another of Danielle's team, who uh, I'll call affectionately Sting because that guy looked exactly <laughs> like Sting. Yes, you are right. <laughs> it was crazy. Just every time I saw the guy, like Roxy. Exactly. Kind of yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And and he's kind of dragged through the jungle, much like Locke was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in season one or two, I forget now when it was. I think it was one. Right. At the very end of season one. And uh, he's pulled under this really ancient-looking building. Um, which is the first we've ever seen of that building, yeah. and it's on this island. Yep. Any clue, ideas about that? Well, once again, I mean, it it points back to some kind of ancient civilization. I mean, because you see, actually almost looks like hieroglyphics or some type of like mm-hmm. Mayan writing or something like that on, on this right. building or whatever you want to call it. Um, once again, to me, just it points that this place is inhabited before by some group, some, you know, right. and the group of people. And, um, 
I don't know where they're at or why they died out or whatever, or if they have, you know, right. maybe this indigenous people have just uh, evolved into, you know, what now Richard is, you know, I, I don't know, but it definitely seems, yeah, definitely seems to be ancient. And I automatically think of the three toed thing that we saw, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, all that right. to me is, or was it four? <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Four toed. <laughs> yeah. All that, yeah. all that to me is linked, you know, has to be this culture of, of, uh, this group of people. Um, but that was extremely right. weird to see the home or at least the area that looks like the smoke monsters coming from, you know, is under right. this, under this building and, and, um, in this hole, um, almost makes it look like a snake of sort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, just the guy being, you know, dragged through the jungle. And of course we, we find out that this, this is Montan, the famous Montan that was mentioned in season right. one, you know, who lost his freaking arm. Yes, you know? exactly. So, and, and, uh, you know, they just, what was amazing though, is like they're holding on to him with all they've got. And they, he just basically just pulled down into this hole and his, his arm just kind of stays behind. Yeah. I said, I told as I was watching this, I told my wife, I said, his arm's going to come off. And literally it yeah. did. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> sure enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he starts, now what the creepy part is he gets under, like under this building and he starts yelling that he needs help. And, uh, you know, in light of, of the future, you know, events here in the mm-hmm. show, um, or in this episode, it's kind of like the moment he got underneath of that building, something else had control. Oh of him, yeah. And it was trying to convince the others to come down there to him. Yeah. You could definitely and tell kind of lure them in. I mean, he's like, guys, I'm really hurt, but that thing left. Come yeah. get me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. what the freak ever. You, yeah, right. You, like it's going to drag him under there, then leave yeah, him there. Yeah, you oh, use that like, one arm and your teeth to pull yourself out of the hole. Then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait here. Exactly. Go ahead and come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, that's really a good point. Like he got pulled under. He lost his arm, but he still could was perfectly capable of getting up and, oh, yeah. you know, trying to do something. No, I'm not falling for that. It's the whole scary movie. Oh, I heard <laughs> something. I'll be right back. I'm going to check it out. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't care if scary movie or not. <laughs> I'm at my friend's house. I hear something scary. I don't leave, you know, I'm I'm not getting killed. Even if it is a scary movie, I'm staying right in the living room with all the people, you know, (laughs) you know, now, and this, this is the part of the episode that, that creates, starts to create a lot of unanswered questions for Uh, me. Now I think Um, we're going to probably go down the same path. That's it. it, Yeah. So Jen steps in and he tries to keep them from going after him, Mm -hmm. you know, but they kind of refuse to listen and uh, he does manage to keep Danielle from going in, though. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like Jen is meddling a lot in the events that are going yep. on here. Like, it's pretty substantial. Um, if you say scenario A is them going down there under that building to rescue mm-hmm. Montan, and scenario B is them not going because Jen tells them not right. to. Um, it's like there's some some potential for some huge, you know, changes to happen here because he's there yeah. interfering. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, and the only way I could justify that part in my mind is one is that he, the outcome had already happened, but mm-hmm. so he didn't change the outcome, but he essentially caused the outcome. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Like if Jen weren't, weren't there for whatever reason, Danielle may have not win anyways. But right. why he was there, he convinced her. But what well, another thing is I'm looking at here is I'm going, okay, you're telling me Danielle doesn't remember Jen? 
yeah telling and that that'll we've got some wonderful comments from the forums we'll get to later about j- exactly that uh, it, 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 but you know that's the thing where i kind of i'm going okay what the heck's going on here you know i mean that yeah you know we've got we actually got an email too and not too long ago and i don't know sure if you're gonna mention it but you know somebody kind of was debunking the theories that we had but yeah. you know it was talking about desmond's call you know desmond remembers mm-hmm. later you know that that um, he had spoken to, um, um, whatever his name is, Daniel, you know, and it's like, yeah, if they, they definitely have these, these memories and, and the, Jen and Danielle are on the same Island. There would definitely be a remembering at least on Danielle's part. Cause she's never left. Yeah. You know, I can see, right. I can maybe see Jen like later remembering going, Oh yeah. I remember now that I did, this did happen to me, you know, in some sense, but but because it was in the past, it was in 1988. It was before Jen even came to the dang island, you know? Yeah, and that's that's where things get confusing for me because either A, he um, is going back to the past, but these these events that he's experiencing now had never happened to him before this, and in essence, he's changing the past, or two, this always happened, and therefore, whenever he saw Danielle, or even heard her name, and heard that there was a French woman, some red flag should have been going up. Yeah, exactly. That's that's then that's my two things right there. Is one of those two things mm-hmm. has to happen? But the first one, if he's changing, then the theory about Dan has to be true too. You know what I'm saying? He right. changed the past as well at that point it didn't happen in the past and it was a remembering he remembered it from the past it was it was happening mm-hmm. now and affected the future or affected three years right. from now or whatever yeah you know yeah. Um, right and then um you know and then obviously with danielle not remembering you know um jen at all kind of throws me for a complete loop i mean she tried to Later in the episode, well, we can talk about that, but, you know, she tries to kill him, you know? I mean, come on. You, you remember right. people you try to kill. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. so I I like this episode because you get to see a lot, but then there's this whole, right. like, time travel, like, confusion. You know, I don't think anybody mm-hmm. can really makes sense of time travel, but when you, when you start looking at these elements that they're throwing out to you in this, there's definitely some questions that come out of this that aren't easy answers. Yeah. Now here's one idea though. Um, if he is actually going back and changing the past, Mm -hmm. um, it could be that Danielle wouldn't have this memory of seeing him until that exact point when he went back. So obviously elsewhere in the world, people are still living the normal timeline of life. You know, so Danielle is still, you know, 16 years ahead of that point somewhere. Um, so it's kind of like the moment he went back in time and saw her in the past, she would instantly have a memory of that's seeing what him. I'm wondering. But at the right. point, that's I'm not, saying that's what I'm wondering with the whole Daniel, and because that's the same thing with with Dan and and exactly, know, yeah, you know, it, it didn't happen really until now, but to right. to even though it was in the past it, yeah. that it happened, it didn't happen in the past until now. Right, right, exactly. That's the only way yeah. I could justify it. Yeah, right. And I think that really does make the most sense, although I'm sure there are, you know, some totally smart people out there that will find any issues with that if, if they're oh, yeah. there. I mean, I can, if they say that's the case as a viewer and just an uneducated hillbilly, I am totally okay <laughs> with that, you know. So, I mean, that to me, but if they yeah. come out and say, 
you know, some kind of, you know, try to be real scientific yeah. about it. Almost to me, that's, that's just too much of a stretch. It's just too, yeah, exactly. This isn't trying to be a manual for time right. travel. It's supposed to be, you know, entertainment that's supposed to be intelligent, obviously, but I think it's totally reasonable for them to explain it as saying, okay, even though this happened in the past, it hadn't happened in the past yet until they went back exactly. and it. It, make, it, and so it, it really like, makes yeah. total sense. You, if, you're, if you traveled to my past right now and did something, mm-hmm. I wouldn't remember it until this moment, even though it happened in 1988. Yeah. Because you, right, you wouldn't you remember until I actually right. went out, went to the exactly. Because you physically just yeah. did it. However, you did it in 1988. Mm-hmm. Now, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. yeah, and that that makes total sense to me. I mean, um, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts as well on this, but to me, that that explains a lot. Makes enough sense for me to enjoy the show, and I'm I'm ready just to move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> okay. So just then, there's another flash, and Jen is a you know a little further ahead into the future uh, because we see Montan's arm is looking pretty nasty, but it's not quite fully decayed yet. And he makes his way back to the beach and sees the dead bodies of Danielle's former teammates, and uh, he then hears her talking with the last remaining member of her team, Robert, who was I guess her husband or right. something. And uh, you know she's kind of holding him at gunpoint. And he's trying to talk her out of shooting him, basically, you know, being really convincing, you know, totally believing the guy and thinking Danielle's gone crazy. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, he pulls the gun on her the moment she puts hers down and tries to shoot her. And, of course, she pulls the old Saeed gun trick where his gun isn't loaded. So this is the sickness that Danielle talked about way back in season one. Right. Um, She talked about how, you know, they all became sick and therefore she had to, to kill them. And it looks like the sickness is almost more like a possession. Oh yeah, definitely from something. Definitely. And it's like they they still have enough of their own personalities to be somewhat convincing, but they were totally bent on killing her. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What was it's interesting about that is first off, I'm glad to see that Danielle wasn't crazy and that did happen. Yeah, uh, no n- doubt. You know, nothing that she's dead and all these things, and you know, this kind of brings a. a I mean, I never really completely doubted it. There's just a little bit of me that says, man, what's going on with this woman? But, you know, definitely mm-hmm. you got to see this whole thing. Um, two, um, it's totally an element to the island that we haven't seen um, really. I mean, other than you can maybe you could put this into maybe a Ben character. You could say maybe he's mm-hmm. got this or a Richard, you know, somebody to that, you know, like – um, right. that they, they've been consumed to a certain degree and, and able to convince people. And almost even would, I would almost think maybe even a lock, but I don't think yeah. that he was actually, because, you know, when he encountered the smoke monster the first time, he kind of had this moment with it, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. he, whenever it tried to take him, he was it was stopped from taking him. I think if Locke right. would have been drugged to the hole, uh, he would have came back like that. Yeah, that's so interesting because it is a totally different like personality than we've seen uh, from the island in any way. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, obviously, the smoke monster killed Echo, and um, seems like there was somebody else too. Maybe not the pilot. Um, yeah, the pilot. That's right. But it's like this is like totally different level. This isn't just a smoke monster killing somebody. This is like the smoke monster taking over their body. Yeah, and then using it to inflict harm on other people. That's like a totally new level of diabolical yeah you know? <laughs> i mean i would almost see i can almost see though like in an episode like us seeing um you know either richard's group or ben or you know people mm-hmm. being drug into this hole and coming out 
who they are now. You know, like, right. you know, that could be a definitely an element, you know, that I could see happening, but it's weird mm-hmm. that it hasn't done that, accomplished that within the group that we've seen. I think it's what it was trying to do with Locke, but I don't, I don't, yeah, you know, right. so, but it's, it's definitely. Now, one, here's one interesting thought I just had is, you know, what if the others, you know, Richard and all of his people and Ben and they are, what if they all are under the influence of the smoke monster? Yeah, that's, and that's, that's why what they I was are wondering. the way they are. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what I'm you know wondering you know is like if they aren't you know you know possessed by this thing or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it you know and, and that's their that's why they have this ability to convince people to do their will and things like that and and then that's mm-hmm. their agenda you know is to be create this this community of these people you know and everybody else is hostile right. you know I mean everybody right. else outside that group. And I wonder what what actually caused you know uh, what was his name Robert, uh, yeah Robert to want to kill Danielle in the first place. Like yeah. what made her a target? Yeah, I'm not sure because like you said, the smoke monster definitely kills some and then recruits others. It seems like you know, mm-hmm. uh, which brings me to a, an interesting, uh, actually a couple of interesting points. One, Ben has the ability to summon this thing somehow. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if he's controlling it, or at least has communication with it you would think that there's at least some kind of alliance or some kind of like uh, you know ben ben and this thing are linked somehow you mm-hmm. know so that to me puts them you know at least in the same category uh so if, if, if that's the case then i would say that yes either ben is the cause of this stuff uh you know or, or right. I mean, has been uh taken over by this thing or something second mm-hmm. that group kimi's group it didn't kill them or possess them it just beat them up Really, I thought it looked like it killed him. No, Kimi came back after that. Never yeah, th- he did, but it looked like other members of his no, team. No, they were all pretty- mangled, and he goes, they came back oh. and they were all they were all beat up and like that thing. Da da da. Don't know what it was, and they go, but this time okay. we'll be ready for it. Gotcha. And, You're right. Yeah, that is very interesting. You know, it's like it's kind of weird. It's like this thing was ginormous and like looked like it was you know killing them all, and I was so shocked mm-hmm. to see Kimi and his group alive. Beat yeah. up, but alive. Great point. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. That is so interesting that it does have this will that it's, and we can't really tell what the purpose or who the decider is or if it's its own will or what, but the people it chooses to kill and not kill is, or who to possess and who not to possess is to me, so interesting. It, to me, that, that signals a controller. Yeah. Not a personality right. of itself, but a controller. Uh-huh. You know, like, you know, it has some, somebody's telling it, you know, sending it, beat this thing up, kill this one and take this mm-hmm. one over. You know, it, it seems that way, you know, it doesn't like, it doesn't like it has a conscience of its own because, oh, I like this person. I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to beat him up. Yeah. You know, it's like it has right. like a level or some sort of, you know, it's being controlled. Hmm. That That's really interesting. But if, if Ben has the power to summon it, doesn't it make the most sense that he would be the one that was in control of it? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. And, it, and once again, that to me points to some, like if if it has this ability or whatever, some sense of evil or whatever to mm-hmm. invoke on people, that that source of evilness has to come from something probably external, yeah. you know, you know, like. And if, but what's interesting though, is if he is the one in control of it, why he didn't have it kill Kimi and all of his men. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, see, I don't, I don't get that would, either. It would almost look like, 
you know, Ben is truly trying to be, you know, make good decisions. Right. Yeah. And he didn't want to kill him, but he definitely wanted to get him off of his trail. Yeah. And get him to leave him alone. Yeah. That, and that's but, what I was going to say, because Ben has always said, we aren't the ones that kill people. You are. Yeah. You know, and right. so it kind of, I mean, it kind of seems that way. Now, once again, though, that smoke monster has killed things in the past. So it would almost be like, yeah. if that were the case, there would be another party or person that is able to control this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you right. know, it's got, if Ben's able to control it and it just uses, he uses it for security, like he says, and it kind of beats things yeah. up or pushes things away. And this other group uses it to possess people, to make people kill people and to kill people itself. You know, right. There's definitely, to me, seems like it would be two different groups if that were the case. Yeah. Now it occurred to me now, even after five seasons of this show, we've learned so little about the smoke monster, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe it's extremely important. Yeah. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Like the fact that they're withholding all the information until the very end of the show, the whole series, it makes it seem like it's very important in, in the whole, the bigger picture of the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine what they're going to explain this thing as. Yeah. You know, I really just can't see, you know, if, I mean, some kind of like ancient spirits, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know how, I don't know. I just don't, in, in, in the things that we've seen that where people describe it, how, how it is, you know, John said it was beautiful mm-hmm. and Echo says, right. no, it wasn't. It was something horrible and awful and the worst thing, you know, I'm like, okay, what the heck is this thing? You know, what are they, what's the visual, you know, that they're seeing? You know, their yeah. their own lives, or their you know, is that what's flashing between? I, I don't know. So I'm just I'm very curious and and just almost like nervous to see what this thing really is. <laughs> yeah, because it could go. I mean, like the whole um, the mummy. You know, the movie the mummy. Right. I think there's something in that movie about a big black mm-hmm. you know, fog or something that moves around, and you know, they could go the really cheesy route of something kind of like that. That's just like more of a supernatural thing. Um, but I really think they'll have a good way of yeah. explaining. I believe it. it's going to be scientific it in some way. Yeah, yeah, like some type of like. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it's going to be some kind of like ancient, like or maybe some kind of scientific, you know, thing that you know it does have ability to read character, you know, and you know it's like a scanner of sorts, you know. Right, like something that was built by the the researchers, you know, from. Um, I forget where it was that started the Dharma initiative right. and that's something that they ended up creating or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's, that's yeah. kind of how I'm, I'm hoping it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That would be so much more interesting. Yeah. So just then he flashes again and he's being held at gunpoint again, this time by Sawyer. Right. And they have a great reunion. It was awesome. I mean, uh, just so gratifying to see, you know, Jen come back together with that group and how excited they were to see him and, and all that stuff. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, Sawyer tries to explain to Jen exactly what's going on with the flashes and the time and all that stuff. And, and Jen asked Charlotte to translate. And, um, I, I, it occurred to me again, why was she hiding the fact that she speaks Korean? And I wondered if you had any ideas on that. Honestly, I have no idea because I tried to, I tried to like link why, you know, her to something or why it'd be a secret, mm-hmm. you know, 
but I, I can't get anything out of it. I mean, I don't know if you have an answer to it or have speculation. No, I don't. I have no clue yet why she would be hiding it. You know, I, if she spoke like Latin, you know, like mm-hmm. the others, then I would have, a, then my suspicion would be, you know, very, I could get a fairly, you know, quick answer. But mm-hmm. I just don't get the Korean, you know, like what that would be significant, why she would even do that. Yeah. And even in the previous scene, you know, where she found out that Jin knew that she could speak Korean, um, you know, so she already knew that he knew. Right. It's like she was trying to hide it from everybody else in the group, too. Yeah, I, I just don't really get that. I don't get why people are like, oh, my God, she speak Korean. I mean, there's so many people that speak so many different languages. Uh-huh. You know, she lies about it. Then yeah. it becomes weird. Yeah, and I'm worried that we won't ever find out anything about that, you know, since obviously she died yeah. at the end of the episode. I don't make, I mean, but, um, we, well, I don't know ever since we've seen people die and then we've seen more stories about, you know, about their lives, you know, after their death. Yeah, you know? very true. And plus with this but, whole jumping I mean, around stuff, <laughs> you know, you may see her in how, a whole different time zone. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying you may see her in a whole different time zone with this whole, you know, them jumping through time. That's true. You know? That's a good point. I wonder if, you know, if, if they're flashing through time and, you know, somebody dies, does that actually affect the, the actual timeline or is like they die and they're dead, and that's it. Well, I mean, you look at like Russo. Russo's dead, mm-hmm. you know. But Jen saw. Oh her. yeah, but yeah, but he saw her in the flight. Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. And and, and I've got a. Th- okay. I mean, well, we are not into that part. But I've got some different, definitely theories, and I think they're fairly concrete. On they might, you know, cool uh, at this point. So, okay, we'll get there then. Um, but they again clarify that the whole group is on their way to the orchid station because it's a way off the island and Locke is planning to use it to try and bring everyone back to the island. So again, they kind of clarify that the focus right now is them getting to the orchid to, to get everybody back to the right. island and Locke's going to try to leave. So just get our bearings a little bit and remind everybody where we're going. That's where it is. So Charlotte isn't looking too hot. She's getting worse. Uh, when the flashes continue Mm -hmm. and uh, after a few too many flashes in a short period of time, she falls over to the ground and the others are getting nosebleeds as well. So the uh, tension is really being ratcheted up here and she freaks out and says something to Jen in Korean and says, don't let them bring her back. This place is death. And she's uh, talking some nonsense and everyone else decides to keep going. But Dan stays behind with her and Sawyer comments that maybe the orchid isn't even there yet. And you no, know, what are they supposed to do if it's not? And Charlotte says, look for the well. You'll find it at the well. So now all of their noses are bleeding except Dan and Locke, and they need to find a way to fix the problem. Yes. And I mean, it goes, it goes on to talk. I mean, like their conversation later is what I, my theories come in. So I guess we can kind of wait on that until we get there. Okay. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's probably the next section I've got here. You know, Dan and Charlotte are talking and Charlotte tells Dan that she's been there before. She grew up there on the island. Uh, She was in the Dharma Initiative. She said something about the Dharma Initiative. I assume she said she was in the Dharma Initiative. Mm -hmm. And then she moved away with her mom and never saw her dad again. Right. When she grew up and would ask her mom about the island, her mom would say it wasn't real and that she had just made it up. And that's why she became an anthropologist, to find the island again. And she's been searching for it her entire life. And she says she remembers something now. When she was little, living there, there was a man, a crazy man that really scared her. 
and he told her that she had to leave the island and never come back. If she did, she would die. And she says, Daniel, I think that man was you. Yep. And then, of course, she dies. Yep. Now, that's the part that I have a, I have a, a theory, and then I have a problem with my own theory. So okay, I'm not sure. let's have it. Okay, my, my theory <laughs> is, okay, so they're still jumping through time. So at this point, I've we've seen Dan in the Orchid Station building the Orchid Station, okay, prior to this. Right. Okay, so to me, it seems like this is where Dan, he wrote his own, basically, he, he wrote his own future and destiny um, by going back on being on this island and jumping through time and learning all he did mm-hmm. about time travel and stuff like that through the actual process, you know. And he, you know, mm-hmm. as he's when he's and if this if that's the case, he also was back whenever um, Charlotte was a little girl. He at some point I right. suspect to see Dan Dan's and them that group back at that time and him go back and tell her don't come back to this island or you'll die. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, here's my problem with my own theory. That okay. that happens in the future after sh- she has died, so she shouldn't remember that if our other theory is correct. Right, right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, like because he couldn't go back in time and tell her something um, for the future because she had already... Oh, man, I can't put it into words. Well, she remembered it before it was done, if that's the case. Got it. Right, because he hadn't exactly. gone back to the past yet. So one of our the- right. one okay. of the two theories has to be wrong at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess the two, the two different theories are basically, one, either he can go back in time and change the past as much as he wants, mm-hmm. and it actually affects the future. The other is that... Um, he can go back to the past, but it doesn't affect the entire line of the future. It only affects, um, man, like I guess the true timeline, it only affects the true time right. from that point when he went back in time forward. Yeah. Um, and even her, even just auto, or physically remembering it, you know, that to mm-hmm. me has to be thrown in there too. It's like one, one theory is if it's done in the past, it's always known. But if it, and then right. our other theory is if it's done in the past, if you go back in the future and you do something which is literally on today, on now's timeline, but in 1988, it's only, it's right. remembered at that moment. If that's the case, if that, this, this Charlotte's, if, if Dan actually goes back and tells her this, and Dan actually was working at the Orchid Station all through this whole like jumping through time thing, our theory on that is blown. Yeah. So it's basically a question of whether or not he actually, um, like the moment they were on the helicopter coming to the island, did he already know her and know that he had seen her in the past, you know, or did he go back to the past to see her as a little kid after he knew her as an adult? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess those are two totally different scenarios. Yeah, they have to be. Um, you know, and we got we got supporting yeah. supporting evidence on both sides right now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's hard for me to to make sense out of a lot of this stuff because it is there. It does seem like there are so many possibilities, and it's really hard for me to hold a train of thought on one, any of the right. theories. But but the one we've posed so far about not being able to change the entire timeline of the past, but only from the point you went back forward, 
makes the most sense yeah. out of, from what's happened on the show so far. Yeah, and, and if Dan knows that the future holds that Charlotte does die on the island, then why no would he? What. Then why would right. he go back and tell her again, or at least right. try to get her? It, it, to me, it seems like he's trying, in some sense, to change the future, even after he's seen the future. Right. You know, I, and I don't know yeah. even what the heck that even means, but you know, just, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> Okay, so they arrive at the orchid, and it's and it's there, uh, but there's another flash, and of course it disappears. But they do find the well that Charlotte had mentioned, and uh, Locke says he's going down into the well, you know, expecting to find a way off the island. And Jen tells Locke not to bring Sun back to the island, uh, that the island is bad. And Jen tells Locke if he sees Sun to tell her that he's dead, and gives Locke his ring, you know, to give Sun to prove it. And uh, Locke climbs down into the well, but there's a flash while he's going down, and there's this really bright light that comes out of the well, um, and he and he kind of falls down, fracturing his leg. Mm-hmm. Sawyer, meanwhile, is left at the surface holding a rope that goes into the dirt. So this well that was there, they must have gone back in time far enough that the well didn't even exist there yet. Yeah, that was a that was a really cool scene actually, and and the yeah. see, the uh, to me. Sawyer is just did a 180 and is like, like, you know, Mr. Like moral hero now, you know I mean? He jumps on the ground, starts yeah. to dig with his hand to get John out. The guy that he really couldn't mm-hmm. really stand at some points through this whole thing, yeah. you know, it, but that was just right. a really cool scene anyways. And, um, and it, it makes total sense. You know what I'm saying? Like this, it's weird to see a guy standing there holding a rope out of the ground, but then you're like, Oh yeah, I guess they just buried the thing, you know? And, I don't know why they let the rope right. hang out of the ground. I guess maybe as a marker of some sort. Well, no, no, I actually had a different take on that. Like to me, it's almost a clue about the, the interaction and the effect they can have on the past. Uh, to me, the reason that rope was there is because so you had a hold of it. You're right. When the flash. So whenever he had, a, that, he was touching it, it caused it not to change. Right. It caused the, the chance to stay there, even though the well didn't that's even true. exist yet. That's true. And I wonder if that has any any hint, you know, at exactly how they can affect the past um, in some way. If they're, you know, touching somebody or something like that whenever the flash is happening, if, if they can actually have some kind of That's going to be interesting to see Dan, too, in the next flash because either he's going to be hold if he's holding Charlotte, does he take her or does he wake up with bones in his hands? Or does he wake yeah. up and she's gone completely because she's yeah. not born yet? You know, right. That's probably why they didn't show what happened yeah. just so they wouldn't have to deal with that whole yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of weird. <sighs> yeah. But you know, Locke is lying at the bottom of, you know, what was a well, you know, kind of yelling for help. And then one Mr. Christian Shepherd shows up and uh, let's listen to that scene. Who's there? 
John. You... What are you doing down here? I'm here to help you the rest of the way. I don't understand. You came to see me in the cabin. You asked me how to save the island, and I told you you had to move it. I said that you had to move it, John. But Ben said he, he knew how to do it. He told me that I had to stay here and lead his people. And since when did listening to him get you anywhere worth a damn? The good news is that you're here now. You ready to go? I, 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 I don't know what to do once I get there. There's a woman living in Los Angeles. And once you get all of your friends together, and it must be all of them, everyone who left, and once you've persuaded them to join you, this woman will tell you exactly how to come back. Who is she? Her name is Eloise Hawking. What if I can only convince some of them to come back? I believe in you, John. You can do this. <laughs> Richard said I was going to die. Well, I suppose that's... That's why they call it sacrifice. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, I'm ready. The other side of this column here is a wheel slipped off its axis. All you have to do is give it a little push. Can, can you help me up? No. Sorry, I can't.
So, of course, you know, Christian clarifies that he told Locke specifically, you know, that he had to move the mm-hmm. island, of course, not Ben. Right. And which almost leads it to look like that's the reason things have turned out the way they have. Because instead of Locke leaving at that exact moment, you know, quickly so they could, you know, save the island, Ben wasted a bunch of time by leaving himself. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, to me is is kind of strange because I guess what it does, it messes me up again with Ben. Like his mm-hmm. him coming back to the island, what that's all about, like what, you know, it, where he's at. Because if he knew he really wasn't supposed to move the island, if this is, you know, Ben's some way of trying to take control again when he knew he wasn't supposed to, he manipulated a right. situation to get what he wanted and, and didn't care about anybody else's, you know, future, past or whatever. He just did yeah. what he wanted. You know, I'm looking at the outside. I'm going, okay, now what's his plan? Because it can't be, yeah. it can't be the same as what Christian and Jacob wanted Block to do. And it, no, right, you know, right. So to me, it almost seems like now, if I had to guess, it almost seems to me like Ben killed Locke on the outside. You know, mm-hmm. but now, what makes you think that? Because Ben or Locke has had information that needed to be, you know, like okay, but the whole thing with about. Um, son you know mm-hmm. she was supposed to be told or she was supposed to told that Jen was dead well Locke right. used that you know used the ring they were going to use the ring to clarify that well Ben turned it and made it completely the opposite you know so he right. manipulated the situation to try again. to convince her to come right okay but I think the island is extremely much smarter than Ben because they already told Locke you have to die in order for this to happen you know, mm-hmm. so they probably knew if it's, this is the case, if Ben did kill Locke, then the island knew that that was going to happen. You know, it's like playing, right. the, you know, Ben's the fool in the whole thing anyways, you know, because I mean, right. Locke already had accepted it going out. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But he says there's a woman living in Los Angeles. And once you get all of your friends together and it has to be every single one of them, this woman will tell you exactly how to get back here. And he says her name is Eloise Hawking. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard said, I was going to die, you know, Locke says. And Christian says, well, I suppose that's why they call it a sacrifice. And uh, Locke takes that in for a minute and says, okay, I'm ready. And uh, which I thought was cool. Because oh, yeah. you kind of expect the the island to say, or, or Christian to say that it's like, you know, no, you don't have to die, but we're going to send you to, you know, and you're going to have to die then. Right. It, for me, it was like you kind of thought he was going to die now. Right. And we don't really know exactly what happened yet, but it's like the island's like, yes, yes, you are going to have to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that and that was that was kind of crazy to look at, like kind of put yourself in Locke's shoes. Uh-huh. And, you know, just that obviously it wasn't about Locke at that point. It was about the island. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah, such and huge. just watching his face as you see him realize it and then accept it, mm-hmm. like man, that was that was really awesome. Oh yeah, that was really good. And then the part when he says, "Can you help me up or give me a hand?" and he's like, "No, mm-hmm. actually, I can't." I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy." I mean, Locke has yeah. to literally get up, <laughs> you know, with a broken with his bone broken through his leg, leg yeah. and going basically commit suicide. Uh huh. And uh, he tells Locke that there's a wheel that's slipped off its axis, and all you have to do is give it a little push. And he gets into the room with the wheel that we saw Ben push before, and it's bouncing back and forth. You know, obviously, it's kind of the skipping record that's been causing mm-hmm. all of these time flashes. 
and uh, Locke grabs hold of the wheel, gives it a little, you know, a tug, and then gets it back on track, and the room starts going white, and Christian says, say hello to my son. And, of course, Locke says, you know, who's your son? Right. <laughs> and it, that that part's awesome because it's like, you know, it's just going to be a matter of time before Locke finds out that that's Jack's dad. Definitely, definitely. And what What's interesting to me, too, is the skipping record idea and with that thing being jumping uh-huh. around there, to me, they stopped skipping through time at that point when he fixes exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. Right. You know? Lock fixed that issue, definitely. Yeah. You know, so once again, what I'm looking at here is me, if they're at current time and they don't have these issues, they're not, their noses aren't bleeding. They're not really in any mm-hmm. more danger than they were whenever the other, the others, uh, you know, they thought they would be. They'd just be stuck on this island, you right. know. So, like, what's the big emphasis on that? We got to get back to save your friends. Yeah, exactly. Because if they're safe, the time, this, if the time skipping is done, they're safe. Right. And and now what we got to find out is exactly what happened to everybody when he turned that wheel. Exactly. And if they are saved, why is there any sense of urgency to get everybody back to that island? Why do they have to go back at all? Yeah, exactly. If everybody's safe. Yeah, that's my, that's my point. I'm like, I, I don't know if it's just yeah. an ability just to get them back just because they're never supposed to leave and it's kind of, you know, or if it's just another yeah. one of those evil plans, you know, you just don't know. Right. Yeah, and that's what I remember being really excited at the end of this episode because the, the kind of the first era of season five seem to be over mm-hmm. it's like we're no longer jumping through time there's no more nosebleeds there's no more risk of people dying because of the nosebleeds it's like now we move to something else right and i was i was excited for the change it doesn't seem that bad now but um i was really excited to to move on past that right. and get to the next part of season five yep so back in la you know they arrive at the house or the church i guess and ben gives son you know jen's ring he says Locke gave it to him when he went to see him. He says all of the people back on the back on the island, Jen included, need our help. And there's a woman in there that can tell us how to get back to the island, but I need you to tell me now, will you come with me? And she agrees, of course, because she wants to see Jen. And just then Desmond shows up as well. So they were all going to see the same person who is Eloise Hawking, Faraday's mother. Yes, called it. Yeah, you did. And they they go into the church, and it's the woman, of course, that Desmond met when he was flashing after he turned the failsafe key. And she says, all right, let's get started. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you totally called the fact that that woman, the time travel woman, was Faraday's mom. Yeah. I don't know what that really means, but I just called it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, it makes sense now why she knew so much about the time travel stuff when Desmond ran into her. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still just as confusing and interesting that she does understand it just because her, you know, and she's Faraday's mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It's not like, it's not like she's just, you know, she was sitting around the house when he was doing his research and she picked up a thing or two, you know, about time travel. It's more like she understands it. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, that that oh, go ahead. I was gonna say now, just going back to the island flashing thing. If that were the case that that fixed that problem and they aren't uh-huh. flashing no longer, then the theory about Dan going back into time to tell Charlotte at that point or working on the orchid is debunked. 
How's that? Because they didn't go back. They didn't. They weren't there during those flashes. They weren't at that, at that oh. time. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're. Yeah. Daniel's presence at the Orchid Station that we saw in the season premiere wasn't necessarily connected to these flashes right. that we've been seeing. Because I kind of, I kind of thought that, but thinking about this, that skipping yeah. record being fixed at this point. I, you know, it means that right. Dan has been there before somehow, mm-hmm. some way, but for some reason, for some reason, yeah. but when Charlotte says that to him, he looks surprised and almost like, huh? You know? So that's kind of why yeah. I thought maybe it was something that he hadn't done yet, but she had experienced, you know, one of those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or of course his look, the look on his face could have been more like horror and surprise that yeah, she, she realized it. Yeah. And maybe he was, maybe he was worried that, you know, he had had some effect on the past. Right. I mean, I almost expe- I almost expect to see Dan as a Richard at some point. I almost expect to see that he was a native there somehow. His mom was a part mm-hmm. of this, learning this whole time travel thing on that island. Right. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what it almost seems like to me because you, Dan hasn't changed or aged a bit in any of the, the scenes that we've seen him in. Yeah, and plus it's but it's hard to tell though because he does seem to have such an understanding and kind of a mastery over time travel. True. It's kind of hard to, hard to know whether he's jumping around or if he it does have the same kind of, you know, ageless abilities that True. Dan uh, could Richard Albert Dan does. could be Dan could be uh 150 years old at some yeah. point. You know, same with Richard. Richard may have not aged to us because he mm-hmm. is still jumping at 1955 or whatever, you know, right. but in actuality he has aged just like everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. in, in 2009 yeah. he's aged, you know, however many years, but what we're seeing right. is him is jumping around and from 1955, you know, you know, right. I, I, once again, just melted my own mind. You know. Yeah, I know, I know. And and I really hope we can get they can find a way to explain all this stuff, you know, definitively in a way that we can actually catch on to because you know, we're not rocket scientists. And uh I would love to be able to understand this show for all the time right. we put into Me it. Too. Um I don't want to have to, you know, read a thirty page article online in order to make sense no, of please. of what's going on on the show. Please don't do that to and, us. Uh, so I really hope they can find a way to make sense yeah, out of me all too. it. Anything else about the episode before we get to our feedback? Um, no, not at all. Okay. Well, um, from the forums, BCK Lockhart writes, the long-awaited Dan- Danielle flashback and Jen was part of her past. I was wondering if she if she remembered him. Could she really forget someone that disappeared right in front of her? Boy, Jen's English has really improved. I have to admit that I was really disappointed with the whole episode. I was expecting more, I guess. Yes, we got to see how Montan lost his arm, and we see that her friends were some, somehow changed by going down into the hole to help him. Robert did seem to know way more than he should. Then he tried to kill her. What happened down there? The scene when Sawyer finds Jen was classic. I love the expression on Sawyer's face and his pure joy to have found him. Priceless. Charlotte's dead, and the rest are soon to follow if they don't stop the flashes. They all have nosebleeds now, which means their end is coming soon as well. Before she died, she appeared to be flashing between different times in her consciousness. That's an interesting note. Um, Christian is there to help John, but he won't help him up. That just seemed cold. He tells John to give the wheel a little push. It doesn't seem as icy cold as when Ben was down there. 
So two things I wanted to pick up there. First, the, the note about, you know, Charlotte was kind of flashing between different times in her consciousness before she died, mm-hmm. which made me think of, oh, I'm going to forget her name now. Uh, the woman that Faraday was with before. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That was kind of yeah, in bed, yeah. and she, she was kind of flashing through exactly. different time periods. Uh, made me think of that. And then, of course, the note about Christian and just being really cold and not helping lock up and what possible reason they would have for that. Yeah, yeah. That I guess the one thing about the uh, uh, whole um, not helping lock up, I kind of get it if what we talked about with Sawyer is accurate. If mm-hmm. if you're when you're holding the rope, if it changes the, now, you know, then that that oh, you good know, point. if he touches him, it could affect something, you know. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of how I was thinking, maybe thinking about that. Um, and, right. but the, and another thing that I picked up in his notes there was I did notice Jen's English getting so much better in this episode to the point where he was almost bad acting. With his accent, you know, with his <laughs> accent, you know. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, I kind of thought so too. I mean, he's such a great actor. I mean, if, if for whatever right. reason he ever heard this, you're phenomenal. But it just was, right. it got weird <laughs> because it went from like, because you can almost fake not, you know, if like if you only know a few words, you can fake that. But when it becomes yeah. where you are very, very, you know, fluent or, you know, at least you got some phrases down, it becomes a lot harder, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I do have a theory. I just thought just thought of this here. You know how we had all the talk about Walt and him appearing places where he shouldn't uh-huh. be and all of that stuff. What if Christian Shepherd isn't really there in a physical sense? That's true. What if he's kind of remote projecting himself in the same way Locke would have? And, you know, he's there and visible, but he can't really interact with Locke to help him uh, out. That's totally true. That could totally be it. I mean, if he went to touch him or whatever, he could have just literally just not, you know, not literally been able to pick him up, yeah. you know, um, which makes right. sense, completely sense too, right. you know. That's just, that's just the thought I had. I mean, that would make, you know, be a really practical reason why he couldn't help lock up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, oh, you know, Nathaniel oh, I had Star, a, I had a oh, quick ahead. thought here. If I'm flashing into okay. the future, I say I flash mm-hmm. 10 years in the future. Do, does the 10 years that I've experienced go come to me at that point you get i wouldn't i wouldn't think so you wouldn't know it unless you had lived it but at some point i actually there was i mean i did live it in some sense no you just skipped it to go forward and you would skip it okay i get that okay i was kind of thinking i was trying to that's what i I was trying to think make i was like okay as he if if jen flashed forward maybe he had 10 years of practice of english that's what his vocabulary (laughs) is that much better that could be (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> that'd be funny that might explain yeah, no, that, it's it's a horrible theory it's just uh at this thing yeah. like i'm trying to justify how he got so great at speaking english within a couple of days yeah uh speaking of jen nathaniel star writes i have a huge problem with this episode i almost stopped watching lost after being completely insanely dedicated to this show since the beginning of season wow. two i still don't buy that danielle met jen and doesn't remember him They were face-to-face during probably the most important event of her life. He disappeared right in front of her eyes. I really still can't buy that she just didn't recognize him later. And this is the most blatant example of the writers trying to get us to believe something that is, in my opinion, a huge inconsistency. 
You may say that, Dan- that Danielle and Jen never really had contact in the 2004 island setting. I say that's not true. I've researched this and they were in close proximity at least twice. He was there in the episode Greatest Hits when she demonstrated how they were going to use explosives from the Black Rock to blow up to the tents and the others in it. Then, when the camp split up and the season, f- season four premiere, the beginning of the end, they were both there. Not only were they there, but, they, but there was certainly attention drawn to Jen when he made his decision where to go. You know, when he made yeah. a comment about where son mm-hmm. go, I go. And he said, this is probably just convenience. They wanted Jen to be alive and they wanted to tell Danielle's story. They combined the two for the sake of time, even though they never planned to do it this way. There would have been maybe a recognizing look from Danielle or a mention of a disappearing man if they had planned it. Essentially, the complaints that, you know, quote, they are making this up as they go seemed valid. This was a huge kick in the gut considering I was the guy that defended and converted people to the show for years. Now, I'm a huge Lost fan. Huge. I listen to at least five podcasts a week. I rewatch every episode over and over. I routinely go through my DVDs at least once from beginning to end during the off seasons. But I, honest, but I honestly almost stopped watching with, with this episode. After it was over, I turned it off and called or emailed a few podcasts to voice my intense disappointment and actually skipped the next episode. I didn't watch the next one until about a week later when my wife begged me to. She said she couldn't imagine watching the show without me. The next one was actually pretty decent, and gradually I regained my faith in the show. But I still don't buy this, and I'm still hoping for something more of a resolution than she forgot him. I really hope it's not a matter of, you know, all Asians look alike. That is so bad. The worst part is I don't see them revisiting this, and we are left to our guesses forever. What do you think? Well, that's huge. I can't, I mean, that I understand exactly what the writer's talking about because that to right. me, like I said, that's probably why I told you I liked the episode, but it hinges on me mm-hmm. hating it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's yeah. a vert, it's just, it verges on me hating it just because of that right there. And I am totally right there with that, the, the writer, because it's like, you've got, I mean, we've praised the writing team. We've praised these these people yeah. for you know this the the deep writing and just the ability to answer questions when you don't think they can be answered and for them to do something like this almost just seems like he said it's a kick in the gut and saying okay they they right. feel like they can just do whatever and we're going to accept it you know and, and I'm not trying to get all crazy about you know we know it's a show and it's entertainment and I can write it off and I will go on yeah, right however it, it there is an investment within the viewers part that we do have an expectation you know yeah. right. Well, we got some more comments here too. Let's go on and continue through here. In response to that, Brandon and Bama wrote, I understand your frustrations. I've really been thinking about it a lot. And my best guess for an explanation is this. Danielle recognized Jen, but kept it to herself. Everyone assumed she was at least a little nuts anyway. But if she had gone up to Jen and said, I know you, (laughs) that would have made the survivors even more skeptical about her mental state. Especially if she had tried to explain how she knew him. No one would have believed her. Well, I tried. What do you think of that? You know, I thought the same thing and I was actually hoping and I was trying to remember and I was like, I'm going to go back and watch these episodes when they actually did interact. Yeah. And she gave him a look. And see if she gave him any weird looks or anything like that. If that were the case, I could totally be like, oh, okay, I got it. You know, and, and if, uh-huh. if that, if that actually is the case, then awesome. I mean, you know, it's, they're back to being brilliant. You know, it's, 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 right. it's that easy as well. Right. 
Right. Um, Mama Pax writes, last year I pondered, okay, this is on a different subject. We'll get back to Jen okay. here in a minute. Uh, last year I pondered how Kate was able to feed Aaron as she had no breast milk. I'm sure that when she was on Penny's boat, they managed to feed him. But when she got to civilization, didn't anyone question her when she asked for bottles when she was when she was supposedly breastfeeding him all along? I know this may seem unrelated, but bear with me. This started to in or interfere with my enjoyment of the story. Every time, as every time I saw her with young Aaron, I started to think about it all over again. So I decided, unless it was totally inexplicably unexplainable, I would suspend belief and not call them on every little detail. The series is, after all, a fantasy. Doing so allowed me to just watch the story the authors were attempting to tell as they chose to unfold it. Thus, not worrying about whether Danielle recognized Jen or not, I was able to experience the heartfelt emotion of the scene where Sawyer and Jen meet, not to mention the comic relief of Sawyer asking Miles to translate in his reply, you know, he's Korean, I'm from an Encino. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> it was by this episode, the questions are getting so intense that I was starting to have nosebleeds and headaches myself. And I, I really appreciate those comments oh, yeah. um, because it is so easy to to scrutinize the show to the nth degree and basically assume that these writers have this golden ticket where they're creating this amazing, flawless show that is like going to fulfill every expectation that we have when in fact it's not. You know, they're... It's quite a group of people working on this show, and there's a very good potential for there to be some mistakes here and there. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, that. I, was, I, was, I was actually, um, and that's kind of where I'm at on the show. You know, it's kind of the, the comment that I, yeah. it's kind of like, okay, let's accept it for what it is and, and a, a show, and it, it, is, it right. is great all in all. You know, even if there is this inconsistency here, you know, let's go, you know, let's go on. Yep. And uh, Ant, I think it's Anthony. A-N-T-N-E-E-26 writes, I hear you on the nosebleeds and it doesn't get any easier from here, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I buy that Danielle doesn't remember Jen's face 16, later, 16 years later for a few reasons. One, she was way loopy and has been surviving on her own hearing random whispers in a jungle for 16 years. Two, she is from France and probably hasn't been around many Asian people before she went to the island. Just saying, here, let's be serious about this. Would you remember the detail of one Asian guy 16 crazy years later? Three, in seasons one through three and a half, they did not know the end of the show. I think that's pretty obvious by now. Once they got their end date, they wrote most of the rest of the story and started making as much as they could from past episodes fit. And as far as I've seen, so far they have done a pretty good job of it. Speaking of which... I would like to go back here and mention something I never heard on any podcast before about the first episode of the season when John sees the drunk the drug plane go down and gets to the area he had previously been in the Ethan or in the wait a minute and Ethan shoots him back in season 1. Okay, back in season 1 when they first find the plane, Locke starts having trouble with his legs and by the time they get close to the plane, he can't walk at all. Is this because his body is remembering being shot years earlier in the same location? Is this also why he almost picks the compass, but then the knife, because he almost remembers having the compass in the past or future, I mean, nosebleed. <laughs> so this, this was awesome. I hadn't heard this either. I mean, this whole theory of the reason why Locke 
basically couldn't walk by the time he and Boone got to the plane was because he was like somehow subconsciously remembering what had happened in the past yeah. in the flashback when he was shot. That's, in the leg. that's definitely a good, a uh, good theory. And actually I was, I don't know if I did talk to you about it, but I was, I know I spoke to my wife about it, but I said, if Locke was shot in the past, where's the gun, the war didn't, shouldn't he have a bullet uh, wound in the present? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but it makes sense though, that it, if that would be the case that, you know, if he gets close to that, that the site that he, right. you know, w- would, definitely or his body could start responding that way um but yeah then later he goes back to the same site and he's able to walk yeah and i'd really like to know if if the writers are expecting us to make that connection or if it's just kind of a a coincidence that he happened to be shot at the same site where he was unable to walk back in season one yeah i don't know that's pretty good though so, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up. I've never really heard that before. Okay, so finally, um, I wrote a response on the boards here, but I wanted to bring it up on the show as well, uh, on the whole Danielle not recognizing Jen right. issue. And, uh, you know, it seems to me that she wouldn't recognize him, you know, in 2004 because it makes no logical sense for him to be there, you know, and look the same 16 years later. So even... If he looked familiar and she did recognize him, she wouldn't make a connection because she wouldn't expect him to be there. It's kind of like, you know, if if I saw some guy at the, you know, 10 years ago at an airport and then 10 years later saw him again um, and he looked exactly the same and I had kind of a suspicion but didn't really expect that the guy would be there because it would just seem so random, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, go and talk to him. Yeah. You know, or make some big deal. Okay, about well, it. let's just let, go ahead. So it seemed. Were you going to say something oh, else on your own on your, about your comment? Yeah, I mean, it seems the most logical explanation. Like, you know, just because she doesn't expect him to be there 16 years later, she would kind of avoid making any comment or yeah. or anything like True. that um, to acknowledge. True, but okay, him. let's with your same with your same example. Let's let's play it this way. You see a guy. You see a guy okay. at an airport. Okay, but it, not just mm-hmm. like in a busy airport. You have a one-on-one conversation with a guy in the airport. Okay, <laughs> then you try True, to kill yeah. the guy at the airport. Okay, <laughs> and the guy is wearing the exact same clothes that right. you saw him disappear in at the airport. So I think yeah. you might have a little different memory of that than you would just a random guy at the well, airport. Well, okay, okay. Yeah, the airport's a bad example. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying in general, if somebody disappears in front of my face and I had a conversation with them and they're wearing the exact same clothes they did 16 years ago when I saw them. Well, no, but from Danielle never mentioned anything to give us the impression that she knew anything about this whole time traveling phenomenon. She did say, she, she so did like say saying, I saw you disappear. They're in right. a flash. But she didn't know that he was going in back in time. No, but she knew he disappeared. So if I seen the same guy that disappeared, yeah, I'd be going, okay. I'd pull him aside and go, okay, are you what? What the what? What the heck are you? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe I'm just forgetful, but I can imagine even something that huge, that huge of an interaction with someone, I can imagine not recognizing. There is no way if somebody later. physically disappeared in front of you. And you try to sh- I don't and you try think to I would shoot what them. They look like. You're going to remember them. 
I don't know, man. I really don't know. Because she she wasn't trying to kill him. She was trying to kill, like, this weird situation that all of her team were in. It wasn't like she specifically wanted to kill him. No, but he... It was just that... She remembered remembered him that much longer. Because there was a flash and there was a time difference. Hmm. Well, yeah, but it was like, you know, probably... A day or two. An arm, a an arm dec- maybe decomposes a in an a- amount of time. Oh, it wasn't oh, that It was black. It looked like it had been there long enough. It looked like it, could, it would have been there maybe a week or two. It was like the arm. That. It was the arm. That, <laughs> I don't know. It looked the same way about the arm that Vincent carried out of the jungle. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I can, I can totally believe that she wouldn't recognize it. You maybe are I'm way crazy, too but. intelligent for, to, to believe your own comment <laughs> that you just said. <laughs> No, no, I seriously do believe that she, I mean, 16 years later, she's not expecting to see him there. So I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is a little far. I, I get what I do get what you're saying. Island. I mean, I'm giving you a hard time, but I, I do get that. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> 16 years is a long time. I mean, I try to think back, you know, I mean, I'm, right. I'm only 18. Okay. No, I'm just lying about that. But I try to think back, you know, half my life ago <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, I, I, you know, I remember when I was 15, but like details, you know, some details. Okay, now tell me this. If she did recognize him, how would she have responded I mean, to I think him? you're probably right. I think, well, not, well, I guess the, the previous uh, blogger had said, or writer had said, um, you know, look, you probably, they already think she's crazy. You know, I mean, she probably, I think mm-hmm. it, the correct response would have been just like a, a weird look. And almost a distance rather than drawing near to him. Yeah, and not to mention she thought they were all sick in exactly. the first place. She kept making comments about watching for sick and all of that stuff. I mean, if she actually saw him, why would the first thought in her head would be, Oh, this is a manifestation of the smoke yeah. monster. This isn't the guy that disappeared in front of me. He must have been, you know, possessed by the smoke monster back right, then. But I, I think him. at least she would have there would have been a lot more distance put between her and the group or, and, and there would have been some right. more weird looks. I mean, I mean, I guess her personality and the way she like freaked out on them and stuff like that kind of played into that. Um, but right. You know, you know, I guess even with the whole, yeah, I mean, even with, huh, I don't, even with her capturing Saeed and begin with and stuff like that, she believed that they were these people that were sick and stuff right. like that. So it's, you know, Exactly. So even if she did recognize him, I don't think she would have behaved very differently towards them. It's true. You know? So uh, who knows? But either way, I mean, I guess it's not really bothering me. I'm still enjoying the show, even though this might be a weird inconsistency and we may not ever get the answers. Um, But I would like to hope that they would give us an explanation that makes sense. So I'll I'll leave it there. (laughs) Okay. Well, the last thing we have here are our voicemails. So let's get into those. Hey, Anton and Evan. This is Sergeant Grano from Station 7 and Lost TV, and you can use my message. I'm calling about the episode Jughead that I just listened to your podcast on. Uh, first, I want to say how much I really enjoyed uh, listening to your podcast on the show. It's always great listening and sort of experiencing the show with someone who hasn't seen it before. It's kind of like watching it again for the first time kind of seeing how they experience through their eyes, kind of living vicariously. Anyway, as far as Jughead goes, I wanted to talk about uh, what you talked about, uh, Desmond not remembering uh, that Daniel had visited him until three years later. 
I think that was in Jack Head. Maybe it was in a previous episode. I can't remember. But in any event, uh, that is something that continues to uh, to make me wonder what is happening uh, on this island, because it seems like that if if uh, if Daniel actually changed the past when he talked to Daniel in the ha- when he talked to Desmond in the hatch and told him to find his mother, uh, it seems like that Desmond should have remembered that right after uh, Daniel uh, traveled through time when Locke turned the wheel, or when Ben turned the wheel, and not three years later. Uh, But for some reason, it isn't until three years later that he remembers that. I guess the real question is, is is Daniel talking to Desmond in the hatch something that has always happened, or is that something that has actually been changed in history? Did Daniel actually change something when he banged on the hatch door and talked to Desmond? Uh, and if if that did change something, why was it? Why did it take three years for Desmond to suddenly get that memory? Why didn't he get that new memory right after he left the island? And that's something I guess we really don't still don't have the answer to. Uh, my own personal theory, and this is really just a guess at this point, is that while you can't really alter the past, you can change the course of the future, and that there's a point at which the the, the past becomes the present, and then the present turns into the future. And, and and at the time this show is at right now, the future is in 2007, which is when Desmond was able to remember that memory. Uh, he wasn't able to remember it before, because if he remembered it before, he could end up altering the past. So he was not able to remember that until, until it, it, it turned into the present, and he was able to alter the course of the future. And I guess the next question becomes, uh, what, what, what alteration could that have made? Uh, Desmond going to visit Daniel's mother. Uh, what what changes could it have made? What what has that made different? And perhaps that's something we'll see in the coming episodes. Again, uh, thanks thanks for your podcast. I really enjoyed it. Bye. Thanks so much for your voicemail. Um, let's see here. So when Daniel talked to Desmond, did he actually change the past, or is that something that had already happened? If it had already happened, why did Desmond just now get the memory? Mm-hmm. And that kind of that's kind of what we talked about in that episode for Jughead, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, that's my main question right now about this whole time travel stuff. Definitely. Is how are they affecting the past or the future? Are they affecting the past or the future? Or is it kind of like they they can do whatever they want, but the the you know future is going to course correct and nothing will change? Right. It's definitely Any thoughts on that. No, it's Any definitely new thoughts on that. No, I mean, I, I like this this theory there, but the only issue I have with it is that rather, okay, if it were always a memory, but it couldn't be, it couldn't be, well, it couldn't be known until the present to change the future. You know, it couldn't have been right. known until two thousand seven. That that makes sense in a, in one sense, but at the same time is it still alters the future. You know, I, I kind of mm-hmm. get I kind of get it in the scheme in the scheme of the show that he couldn't have known about that while he is on the island because the events that are on the island had to happen anyway, you know, had to happen, you know, had he known that, then he could have did some stuff on the island to change the future, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but at the same time is if he finds out in 2007, that is still going to change the future. Right. You know, so that's where I'm kind of messed up there. Yeah. And I, I like the idea of they can't change the past but they can affect the future. So it's like, um, 
they can be back in time. They can be interacting with other people that really existed and they can seemingly, you know, do whatever they want there, but it doesn't actually change the past. Right. It just has some minor effects, unimportant effects on the future. Right. Almost. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I can't think of a good example, but in my head it makes sense if that makes any sense. I, I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I definitely get yeah. that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Related to all this time travel talk, uh, our, let's listen to our next voicemail here. Hey, Anton and Evan. I love your show. This is Dankaberry. And I'd like to say, I think, um, I've been listening to you have to say it's from season five. And I think that you guys, uh, watch, I think, a little bit too many episodes and then try, you get the information a little bit screwed up. It's not that bad, but I've listening to your Jughead episode and you were wondering how Ben was uh, meeting up with the, the, the Miss Eloise Hawking. And if you actually watch the the episode, uh, he gives, uh, Charles Widmore gives uh, Desmond the address of the woman. It says she lives in L.A. and she's a very private woman. They are in Los Angeles. And that's how they met up with them in the church. And it's just that, you know, you got uh, it, maybe if you guys step back and, you know, didn't watch so many episodes at the same time or watch the episode and then get the podcast, because I noticed that a lot of times you say you've already seen the next episode. I think you're getting your information wrong, you know. And in the season four finale show, you were saying that Cabin Fever was uh, the first part of the finale when it was was definitely not. The first part of the finale was There's No Place Like Home, part one. And it's just like that. It's it's not a bad thing. You guys are doing a very great job. I, I love your I love your show, but it, it you're definitely getting information just incredibly wrong. And it's okay though. You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I really enjoy your show and I hope you play my call because I just really like your show and it would be great to hear you. And if you're wondering where I'm from, I'm not from Australia. I might sound like it. I'm actually from Pittsburgh. Well, Evan, I uh, don't know really what to say about that. Well, I mean, uh, I appreciate the voicemail very much, and I actually think he has some some great points um, because there are there have been some cases where we've watched two episodes for obvious reasons. You know, we've got you know we both live in about a half hour away from each other normally, and in many sure. cases we've had to record two episodes in one day. But for the purpose of new viewers of the show, we don't want to discuss two episodes worth of content in one podcast episodes because there's a huge risk for spoilers, all of that stuff. So we try to limit our conversations about an episode to that episode itself and previous episodes. No future episodes are considered. So yeah, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I totally, I, I appreciate what you're saying. But in this case, uh, which we're Ben actually, um, let's see, we're trying to, I think we were having a conversation about Ben, you know, running into Miss Hawking and, and trying to find her and how he would have had time to go and all that stuff. And those were the questions that I had when I watched that episode for the first time, you know, and, uh, even though, yeah, we find out in the next episode that he was, she was in LA and that's why he could go see her so quickly, all that stuff. Yeah, we didn't know that until the next episode. So yeah, yeah, and I, I think that. when we were talking, we were talking about all of that too. I think we were trying to talk about like, yeah, we knew that Ben was in L.A. We knew that this Miss Hawkins was in L.A. Uh, but if I, I what I, I think what I, he was maybe referencing to is because I was thinking I said that woman was Desmond's mom, you know, yeah. and I made a comment 
I said that she was when Desmond went to buy the ring, she was over, over you know, obviously in another country. And we were talking about how maybe Ben was able to travel through time, you know, right. even even places. So it was, it, 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 to me, I wasn't really, obviously I didn't know that that's this one person, but at that point I didn't really know which person Mr. Whitmore was referencing. Right. Yeah, you know, I think I mean, the, so. the point is definitely well taken, though, that sometimes we do have to kind of, oh yeah, um, you know, talk about some things as if, you know, and very seldom ever do we have to do this. But in that particular case, we couldn't talk about something that you did know because it was in the next episode, which you'd already sure. seen. Um, exactly. But uh, yeah, I totally get the point. And as far as the, the whole mistake with the, you know, cab or cabin fever. Yeah. Cabin fever being yeah. the first part of a three part season four finale. Totally screwed that one up because I did not realize that uh, no place like home part one was an hour and a half long or something like that. So I right. was thinking that cabin fever was actually the first part of the three part finale. So yeah, but, I mean, we make mistakes. Yeah, that's for sure. Totally. <laughs> I, uh, but did you like my Australian accent in the beginning of the, the yeah. you know, when I talked to you? <laughs> because I mean, I'm not exactly sure. Um, he said he's from Pittsburgh, so but the the Australian accent, he may have just caught that because he was been watch, watching Lost, right, you know, yeah. and may just yeah, that kind of kind of creeped me out. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna like, lie. It's kind of like a twist ending at the very end. It's like, oh, by the way, you thought you were hearing one thing throughout the whole voicemail, yeah. but I'm actually somebody else. And yes, yeah, it kind of caught me by surprise. I had kind of had goosebumps. At one point, I was kind of, I was actually scared for my life during that <laughs> whole. So I'm right, not exactly. Right. I mean, so uh, it, he has definitely frightened me for life. Yeah. So uh, if nothing less, if yeah. nothing more than he's done that, you know. So yeah, thanks so much for your call. That we really do appreciate it. We're glad you like the show. We're sorry that definitely. we, you know, had these little slip ups and everything. But all of that is about to end soon because we're about caught up with everyone yeah. else and then we will just be two more guys talking about lost that's right yep so uh, anything else before we wrap this up that's it for me all right well everyone thanks so much for listening as always we're sorry sorry there was a delay in getting this episode out as for the holidays and all of that stuff we were a little bit uh put off yeah, schedule. All, your mo- all the mothers we have to wish them a happy mother's day as well yeah yeah no doubt I mean, no. So we're sorry to get this one out late, but at least it's not super late here. And on Wednesday, we're going to be discussing 316 or 316, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's uh, probably one of my favorite episodes of this season so far. And I think you'll know why once you see it. (laughs) But until then, you all have a great day and we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, And also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.